Welcome back, loyal listeners. Welcome, new listeners, to Runkle Recaps, How I Met Your Podcast. This is Season 5, Episode 4, The Sexless Innkeeper. And I love this episode. What do you think, Jen? It's an amazing episode. Yeah, it was really just hit all its marks. I only heard maybe two jokes I didn't care for, but barely. Yeah, I actually I had a hard time picking a worse joke. With this episode, but we do have a couple mailbag emails that we're going to read, and then... And we have some news. We have news? Yeah, lots of news since last time we podcasted. We have lots of news? Yeah. Um, Bob Saget died. Oh, God, yeah. So that... So should we dedicate this episode to Bob Saget? Sure. All right, let's let's do our best podcast yet for him. Done. Um, So that's sad news. That was a... Pretty early loss. I don't think he was that old. Maybe like yeah, and I've still seen no details about how he went. I read a couple things that said he had scleroderma, but I actually don't know what that is or if it's fatal. Uh, derma as in skin, sclera as in... Uh, yeah, I don't know if it was like incidental reporting or... Uh, yeah, I, I completely forgot to like look that up, so I had any idea what I was talking about, but... Well, How I Met Your Father started. Right, and that was the other thing I was thinking of. And between now and the next podcast, we're going to watch it, and I assume we're going to just do a full podcast recap of it. Yeah. And if we like it, we'll, we might continue to do uh, them intermixed with the regular How I Met Your Podcast podcast. If we think it's so-so or... I, mean, I think it might only be ten episodes. Well, my thought is if we're not that fond of it, maybe we'll just kind of cover episode by episode as we do new podcasts, like as a quick mm, okay. coverage. So, okay. you know, yeah, we'll episode see. two, we might cover for just a couple minutes within a uh, regular podcast of How I Met Your Mother. Yeah, and I guess you guys let us know if having a separate podcast for How I Met Your Father is something you'd be interested in. If we're going to dedicate the time to it, we want to make sure it's something people care about. I had a couple lists and rankings, but... Since we have a couple emails, I think I'll just punt them again okay. to next week. I'll wait for a week where we don't have any emails to read, or maybe only one, and that'll be everyone's punishment for not writing <laughs> into us enough. Hey, that'll never happen again. <laughs> we'll just read the emails at the end, because Danielle, our longtime listener and, and contributor, has finally come back to us, and she's commenting on this episode, even though she called it Double Date. I think she was sort of mixing up the titles, but that's okay. Which I did that, too. Which is very easy to do. Yeah, we this, did that, too, when we were getting ready to watch the Double Date episode. Yeah, this one should very clearly be called Double Date. And then we have a new contributor. Actually, they're not commenting. He is not commenting on the episode, but he is just writing to say hello, and we'd love to go ahead and read his out loud. So, awesome. uh, again, this is for you, Bob Saget. Have a little moment of silence. Okay. Everybody loves that on the podcast. (laughs) All right, The Sexless Innkeeper. We start off with our narrator. It's fall 2009, and we see the gang at McLaren's. Ted's wearing a, what I guess is supposed to look like a professor outfit. And this is interesting, because I wrote down the air date. It's March 14th, 2010. Is that right? Because it's only episode four. I don't know. I saw that. Maybe that's not right. Well, I don't know. Yeah, maybe my intel's off. I don't mind Ted's outfit except for that horrible yellow button-up shirt he has underneath. 
Oh, I didn't even notice that. Oh, it was really bad. <laughs> they really tried to pull off, like, there was a, a yellow dress shirt for guys and a cream-colored one, and neither of them really worked. No, I can't you, imagine you, they You would. won't find them anywhere anymore, or hardly <laughs> anywhere anymore. I'm going to have to go back. I have <laughs> no recollection of what that looked like. Brody makes fun of Ted's tweed jacket. Marshall's curious about why it has elbow patches, and we get a funny commentary and uh, pantomime by Barney going, because people who wear them are constantly going, oh, jeez, why can't I get laid? Yeah, I actually have that as one of my worst joke contenders. <laughs> oh, I like it. <laughs> I don't know why. It's I think his delivery just gets me for it. <laughs> yeah, I think the delivery like kind of grates on my nerves. So Ted argues that ladies are digging the professor look. Robin chimes in very strangely about her 10th grade math teacher who was very sexy, wonders if he's still in jail, and everybody looks at her, and she says, tax evasion, among other things. Mm-hmm. So, that's concerning. Yeah. They don't pay much attention. They move on quickly, and so shall we. Lily now wants to invite Robin and Barney to a couple's night. They agree. And we go into a commentary from the narrator that, for years, Marshall and Lily were having trouble finding couples. And it's, as as Robin's saying, sure, why not, they cut to Lily and Marshall. They're giving each other a really goopy couple stare at each other. I miss that. I would have canceled then and there on them if I were Barney and Robin. <laughs> I think I'm going to have to rewatch this episode. You picked up on a lot of stuff. There's I just... a lot of looks, and we'll get, we'll get yeah. back to a lot more of them. Yeah, definitely. It turns out that according to future Ted, Lillian Marshall are really bad at double dating. And we get sort of a cut to or a flashback, I'm not sure which one this is. It's a where flashback. they're opening a the door to whomever they're welcoming for couples night and, and they look like Lily says welcome, Marshall says Gouda. And Lily's smile here, her excited <laughs> face, because I, I paused it for a minute to make a comment, and it's this giant, goofy smile. It's super creepy. Uh, so this was actually, it was a flashback to 2007. Well, before you get to that, it, it's weird that they mentioned that, you know, they failed at having any couples they did things with. But what about Ted and Robin? Yeah, I don't know they that they of, ever did anything. Well, we see them together when Barney's trying to convince them to go out, and eventually James comes. And convinces yeah. them, but it sounded like they were kind of hibernating all four of them together. Right. Yeah, we didn't get the sense that they were doing these like real coupley things of like actual like activities. Like maybe they just hung out a lot. I also noticed that they're saying all this in front of Ted. So I guess Ted, you're not invited, by the way. Well, no, it's a couple's date. <laughs> I know, but it seems kind of mean to Ted. Well, Ted knows how these things go, so maybe he's not concerned about it. I mean, I get it if they're going out to dinner or mm-hmm. brunch, <laughs> but if they're just going to have it over at their apartment, it doesn't make any sense that Ted might not be invited. Fair point. Um, so it's a flashback to 2007, which is interesting because in 2007, Marshall and Lily were still living at the other apartment, but you can see it's clearly like their apartment now. So it's oh. a little goof. Okay. I didn't notice that they even gave a date on that one. Yeah, it's hard because we put the closed caption on, and so sometimes the text that goes up we miss so they're with a couple we don't recognize we've never seen them before or since or again (laughs) but apparently Lily and Marshall are having a good time so they invite the the two of them uh, for a date for New Year's and the gentleman responds that it's April 
So they decide, yeah, maybe they should do Thanksgiving instead. <laughs> and, yeah, Marsha says, well, let's talk Thanksgiving. And Lily goes, our parents really want to meet you. <laughs> and I think this is my favorite joke, just because the way she delivers this. And we've said this many oh, times. Yeah, definitely. I can't think of the exact moments when we have, but it's usually when we're talking to other couples or <laughs> some sometime where I can make it weird by saying that our parents right. really want to meet somebody. Yes. <laughs> It's a and I always make you laugh by it, so it's always worth it, even if it's an awkward moment with other people that don't know. No one else gets it, but we have our own jokes. So (laughs) all by ourselves. (laughs) Is this why we have no couple friends? (laughs) Probably. We can't hang out with them. All they do is do inside jokes the whole time. (laughs) At the next date, they're playing Clue with some random couple. And so, speaking of looks, we get like a real like. Let's get out of here. Look between the husband and the wife. And they get up, and when they announce they're leaving, they get up, they turn around. Lily's just standing there on the other yes, side of them. Yes, it's so creepy. And we never see her moving around. <laughs> so it's like she just apparates right right behind them. And she, she tells them that there's still pie in a real creepy voice, and she's holding up, was it like a... a pie wedge cutter. Yeah. I was like, what the heck is that utensil called? And there's also like uh, some music going that's kind of a horror... <laughs> Or suspense music <laughs> from a movie. Yes. And then we cut to a date that they were on with Ranjit and his wife, Falguni. And Ranjit has to tell them that it's just not, they're just not into them. Which is funny, and a little callback to the movie. He's not that, he's just not that into you. Right. So, but, you know, after all these disastrous dates, Robin and Barney got together, so Lily and Marshall are really excited about this. We cut to the apartment... Lillian Marshalls, and they're getting ready for their date night with Robin and Barney, and Lily's kind of choreographing the night (laughs) as a setup about, you know, here's where the flow of the room is going to be, they can stop here for margaritas, we can tell them about our trip to Cabo. They're really scripting this out, like, and I guess, you know, that's what makes it funny, is like, they're acting like they aren't already best friends with Robin and Barney. Yeah, they they wouldn't have already told them about their trip to Cabo. (laughs) Right. Was that their honeymoon? No, because their honeymoon was Scotland. Scotland. Seems strange that they went to Cabo without any of the other gang. Apparently Marshall has a Sammy Hagar story that he wants to deliver. (laughs) And then maybe a little charades. I think there's a funny joke, I think, when Marshall's talking about, William Marshall talking about the charades and... He's trying to pantomime. <laughs> yeah. Marshall wants to play it by and points to his ear. <laughs> he goes, sounds like? You can be Robin's partner. I mean, that is what pointing your ear means in charade, so <laughs> it, I guess that could have been confusing. Okay. They open the door, and then Lily gives her welcome, and Marshall offers Gouda. And again, they're looking real creepy. Yeah. Her smile wasn't as big this time, though. <laughs> we cut to McLaren's, and we get Ted... Well, actually, we get the narrator saying that his theory that ladies liking the professor look is starting to pay off. And we get Ted and an attractive female at the bar talking to each other. She seems interested in him and his job and him grading papers. And we get kind of a weird, long joke that doesn't work, in my opinion, from him about how he makes it go fast by doing shots every time. He spots a grammatical okay. error. Eh, I, this is, this is going to be my least favorite. Okay. The girl's interested that he lives upstairs. And then we're cutting, we're intercutting with the very end of the double date with Lily and Marshall, Robin and Barney. 
as they're leaving, Lily saying, nailed it. Marshall says, best night ever. And then we get outside, Barney and Robin. Barney says, worst night ever. Robin pantomimes blowing her brains out, and Barney's wipes her brains off. <laughs> wipes said brains off of his face. This made me laugh a lot. <laughs> <laughs> we got to remember that one. I feel like we've done that one. Uh, I don't know. I feel like we've done it at least once. I hope you're right. I'd be very proud of us. <laughs> Next day, Ted's asking Robin and Barney about the date. They said it was horrible. Barney refers to it as like going on a date with a sad, chubby girl his mom made us call. And Robin points out they were really nervous and they weren't making a lot of sense. <laughs> like, for example, Marshall, just in the middle of nowhere, blurting out. And Cabo, I saw Sammy Hagar eating a Belgian waffle. <laughs> They kept shoving food in their faces. Do, do, do our listeners know who Sammy Hagar is? Probably not. I barely know who Sammy Hagar is. That's, he was Van Halen, right? He was the second lead singer of Van Halen. Okay. I'd say that... And Van Halen is a band from the 80s. Yes. In case that means nothing to... A heavy metal it. band that actually they started really in the 70s. Late 70s was... Van Halen considered heavy metal? Yeah. That's interesting. I would have classified that as rock. I mean, they're a big hair band. Yes, rock. Heavy metal is part of rock. Hmm. Okay. Yeah, the the guitar licks that Eddie Van Halen uses, that's all heavy metal. Okay. I guess maybe I have a different distinction for what I think of as heavy metal. Like, more like Metallica? Yeah, that was more, more of the evolved late 80s heavy metal, I would say. Oh, uh, okay. So by the time I was paying attention to stuff. <laughs> and the first singer for Van Halen was David Lee Roth. That's the more highly regarded albums that Van Halen put out. But I, I'll tell you, my favorite Van Halen songs to this day are the ones that I, or the ones that I still listen to over and over again are all Sammy Hagar. I don't really like Van Halen. We'll move on. <laughs> I don't. I don't feel strongly about it one way or the other. I just right. give my opinion. Yeah, for sure. Ted guesses that Marshall was super intense about the cheese. <laughs> Robin wants to know how he knows that. And Ted explains, you know, Lily's a fancy cook, but all Marshall's allowed to do is pick out one sad block of cheese. <laughs> and then we get a flash to Lily offering all these great dishes and cut in between is Marshall constantly <laughs> trying to push the Gouda on them. And one of so our wait, wait, favorite lines... Why don't we go ahead and do, do this it? one? Okay. You be go. Lily. That's prosciutto-wrapped melon. You guys are going to want to get in on this Gouda. That's seared scallops with a mango chutney. Seriously. Don't sleep on the Gouda. And that's lobster ravioli in a black truffle oil. Tick-tock goes the Gouda clock. <laughs> Which we say in this household way more than anytime, we should. Anytime we have Gouda. <laughs> and sometimes just if we have cheese. Like earlier. <laughs> we didn't say it. No, no. <laughs> As Jen was finishing watching this show, I came out with a theme-based snack. I cut up a bunch of cheese and had uh, some Triscuits to put them on. Although they weren't, it wasn't actually Gouda, I didn't tell you this, but it was actually uh, Havarti. I know, I put it away. (laughs) We bought it. Now, Havarti's better than Gouda. Bernie says he didn't know there was going to be dinner, and so they sucked down tacos outside the subway, which you can just see, like, Lily's disappointment on her face. Oh, I missed that. Cutting back to the bar, Bernie says if anything didn't go according to plan, they'd freak out. So, uh, according to... So apparently they use an egg timer for charades instead of what we would do today, use our phone or our watch. Right. And Lily and Marshall are kind of bickering back and forth about how it's not working out. 
Marshall says to stall them. And so <laughs> Lily makes this strange comment to Robin. Like, you work in television. We're experiencing some technical difficulties. And then to try and insist they're still having fun, she's, we're still laughing, right? Laugh, Marshall. <laughs> so weird. Ted tries to give them an excuse, you know, he, they were just nervous. He's sure they weren't that bad. And then Robin says to Barney to show him, show Ted what's what happened next. Okay. So Marshall made a video about the night before, and it was on it was the best night ever dot com, which apparently exists, but because Flash is out of date, it won't load, which made me really sad. Yeah, I did see that. I did see that it was a real video at the time. Anyways. This video is brilliant. <laughs> so it's a montage of a bunch of pictures of like Lily and Marshall looking super psyched and Robin and Barney in the background or either looking uncomfortable yeah. or horrified. Yeah, or bored. Like they're just there's not a single picture of them looking interested in anything that's happening. It starts off very poetic. It was the best night ever. Laughter raining down like April showers. <laughs> I like they get halfway through it and they cut back to Ted. Oh, that's no good. <laughs> I like the line, uh, then we played charades, Lily made some creme brulee, le, 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 le. <laughs> That's a good line. Yeah, that's my favorite. <laughs> and then there's something about, when he goes to the party now that we're, we're best friend couples, and they have words underneath of a picture of Marshall having smashed. <laughs> I wrote that down. <laughs> the egg timer with a hammer. It says, sorry about my freak out. <laughs> and then shortly after that, there's like a rolling Gouda graphic. Oh, I was going to mention by. that too, yeah. <laughs> Are you free? Are you free? Are you free? Basically, uh, the last part of the video is asking them. Uh, like, when can we hang out again? Let's, let's, yeah, let's do it again. <laughs> That's the 17th. Also, Friday or Sunday would work. Or basically any other day. Barney says, needless to say, we both change our email addresses. <laughs> Ted wants to know why Lily and Marshall thought this was all such a big hit, and it's because when Robin and Barney leaves, they very convincingly, both of them, left the impression that they had a really rocking time. Right. And so I guess this is where we kind of start the parallel of somebody just, like, dating somebody else, where they say, like, this is what you do at the end of a crappy date. like, And then we get you know, kind of that theme on and off, like them breaking up and getting back together. I like how when Robin does say, well, that's, that's what you do at the end of a crappy date, and then some ran, that random girl from the bar <laughs> comes out and says, hey, Ted, great time last night. Let's do it again soon. I'll call you, which is exactly right. what Barty and Robin said as they were leaving. <laughs> Ted's not catching on here, right? No. Not at all. He says that chicks are digging the whole professor thing, and um, she this girl actually picked him up at the bar, and then she actually wound up falling asleep on the couch, but hey, that happens. She was just exhausted from being turned on. <laughs> <laughs> I like Barney's, uh, no, it doesn't. <laughs> Barney wants to know where the girl lives. Westchester, and then Barney identifies him as the sexless innkeeper, and for some reason Robin knows what this means immediately. <laughs> right. Maybe Barney shared his poem with her already. <laughs> Did Barney make this poem up on the spot? Um, I can't imagine, but... 
Well, that's that's kind of my theory. Is like maybe he came up with a poem about it and shared it with Robin, and that's why she knows what it is. I don't know why he would do that. No, that or just why can't, she would be into that. It. Just can't be it. But like, why would she know what this is? I think somehow Barney made up the poem on the spot. No, because he's just that creative. Okay, because it just there's no other better explanation of it. But that Robin knows what that's called, right? Um, <laughs> so yeah, Barney. Tells Ted that he composed a poem about something that happened last year. Wants to know if Ted wants to hear it. I like it. Yeah, the the not really, and this comes back around again, and he's going to go on anyways to tell it to him. Right. And as he's telling him the poem, we get sort of a video of it, uh, where it turns into kind of an 18th century scenery. But at the bottom, it says 2008. Right. <laughs> Which is an interesting juxtaposition. And the poem's all about. Barney getting stranded in Queens at three in the morning and then basically uh, spending the night at a woman's house who lived in the neighborhood who was someone he found extremely unattractive. But But, there's a... Go ahead. So Ted interrupts about halfway through and wants to know if this was last year, why are you acting like it was Oliver Twist? Because he mentions like, the gas lights grew dim, the horse-drawn carriages were all but snowed in. (laughs) And Barney's response is... Ted, it's a poem. And just the look of disdain on his face as he delivers this line. <laughs> so good. I like the line of the poem where he goes, She had a peach fuzz beard and weighed 16 stone. <laughs> I don't know. What does that equal? I don't know. And I wonder if Barney knows. But <laughs> let's look it up. So we looked it up. 16 stone is 224 pounds. Hmm. That's not. So a sturdy gal. It's not horrifying. Yeah, so, well, nothing's horrifying. The, you know, everyone's into something, just not Barney. True. And at the very end, he says, but when she returned, so she gets him back to her place, and she goes to make a snack, and he says, but when she returned, she found a sound sleeper, and thus she became the sexless innkeeper. And then turns and so are you. <laughs> and turns him dead. And so are you. It's good delivery. And so... Didn't we get... Didn't we get a round of comments in another episode where they have other names for something like this? Banging for a roof. Yeah. What was that from? That was when they were making the list of reasons to have sex. Right, okay. I'm surprised this didn't come up in that. I guess the this sexless is, this oh, But you're not different. having sex. Yeah. Okay, never mind. So yes, it's a similar theme, but just one's with sex and one is without. Um, and so Ted, or Barney's theory is that the girl had no intention of ever hooking up. She was just looking for a place to stay. I like how he says she she saw the tweed jacket, which basically says, you're not interested in nor probably even (laughs) capable of having sex. Yeah, I thought that was funny too. And I feel like this is a risky move to like... Not if the guy's wearing tweed. uh, Okay. Fair point. (laughs) But did Ted Bundy wear tweed? I feel like he probably did. Uh, Probably, yeah. (laughs) At least a few tweed coats. (laughs) Yeah, it just seems like a risky move, but I guess if you really don't want to travel back home, Uber wasn't really a thing, maybe. And then we get a series of jokes. Wait, hold on. Are we at all the back and forth on how to be a good innkeeper? No, I think okay. that's later. So from here we cut to McLaren's and... Billy and Marshall find Robin and Barney there. They <laughs> tell them to ignore all the emails and texts they've sent them. We have. Go on. <laughs> because they booked a couple's weekend for them all in Vermont. 
And apparently this came up in conversation when they were together before because Robin said, well, you guys were serious about that. Marshall doesn't joke about Airbnbs. Or I said Airbnbs. <laughs> I'm not used to saying B&Bs anymore. Right. Especially at the height of syrup season. And Barney's had enough. Barney cuts and look, uh, you know, they're sorry they've been dodging them. They respect them as too much as friends to give them some song and dance and they deserve the truth. <laughs> and that immediately goes into a song and dance. Because the U.S. Navy has found intelligent alien life at the bottom of the ocean. For reasons he can't explain, <laughs> Robin and him have been tapped to lead the expedition. And they keep cutting to Robin's face during this and she's like just trying to look away. Like, <laughs> what do I do here while he's telling this obviously idiotic excuse? And isn't this the basis of a movie? Was it The Abyss? Is that that one? Yes, except for that's not why they were at the bottom of the ocean. Oh, okay. Uh, but yes, you could you could relate this to The Abyss. Okay. Lily deadpans to Barney. That, that sounds like the stuff you say to girls when you're too much of a coward to dump them. <laughs> I'm not sure what's going on with Marshall in this episode. <laughs> like, but, he said he agrees with her, but if it's true, that's awesome. <laughs> and so Robin just, you know, ends up being honest. Like, the couple stuff is not for us. Barney and I are barely equipped to date each other, let alone you guys. Barney cuts in, plus the alien thing. <laughs> which I feel like is sort of a structure that we see a lot from Barney. Yeah. Which I where, think where it's it, The topic is recovered to be real, and then he just goes back to the lie again. <laughs> I'm, I can't think of exactly when he's done this, but yeah, this does sound very Barney. And Lily and Marshall just storm off. Yeah, exactly. And cut to them at the apartment. Lily's eating out of a tub of ice cream, and Marshall's kind of half hidden under a quilt <laughs> and thinks that, you know, Lily thinks they're lovable. Marshall goes, No, we're not. We're ugly and gross. Right. So here's, you know, the, again, the parallel of, you know, just a regular one on one relationship not working out. Marshall goes on to say, we had the Gouda, we had my waffle story, I even sent them an awesome photo montage, and then Lily looks at him, <laughs> immediately. Like, and he turns like, away and goes, nothing? <laughs> so Lily's horrified. We've been over this. You have to stop sending those to people. The narrator explains that Marshall had become, during this period, addicted to creating songs and photo montages documenting various mundane incidents. So we get... One of Marshall ordering Chinese food and spilling it. I mean, that one's really bad. The other ones at least are slightly something. <laughs> As in topic-wise? Like, if you're really in the show, or are you saying you thought the Chinese one was boring as we were watching it? No, no, no. It's just, out of all the things you're going to send to people, like, okay, cat sitting, I could almost see it. It's not really necessary, but it's a thing that's happening. Like, spilling food on your couch is not worthy of a video. Even the cat funeral. You know, maybe you want to let people know what happened to poor Whiskers. So, <laughs> yeah, the second one documents them watching after Lily's mom's cat. And as really he's singing peppy. this song, he's playing with a cat by an open window. We know <laughs> the, the three stories of, yeah. And whoever's <laughs> taking the picture is watching the cat leave. <laughs> maybe he had, like, a tripod set up and he was just Having it take pictures out of perhaps. <laughs> so then, it, and then the next one is cat funeral. <laughs> well, and I cat like <laughs> funeral. <laughs> well, I wanted to go back to the cat sitting one because you know it ends with 
it's gonna bring us all closer together. And then immediately leads into cat funeral, where then like we get a picture of Lily's mom like trying to strangle Marshall. Yeah. <laughs> it was an accident. I like how it starts going meow, meow, meow in between the words. Yes. We'll miss you, Whiskers. <laughs> Uh, not quite the level of giggles as um, Murder Train, but another pet-related song that I think is very. What funny. is? How much of? How much fault is assigned to Marshall in this? I mean, it's unusual for a cat to jump from a three-story <laughs> building. Yeah, no, I think he's right. It's not entirely his fault. I don't think logic would dictate that a cat would jump out a window? Like, is there a fire escape or something? Or is it just straight down from that window? For, we know from the bathroom window it's just straight down. Right. Oh, wait, wait, this is their new apartment. We don't know. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. So, yeah, we have no idea. <laughs> and we don't know if they're on the third floor. That's true. Oh, God. We have no idea what's going on anymore. Right. So, yeah, I... You know, he's probably never had a cat. He probably doesn't know what cats do but yeah if I was cat sitting I probably wouldn't open a window but if I did I don't think I'd expect the cat to jump out of it from a high point like yeah, maybe and, in a house and her mom probably never thought to say oh by the way close your windows <laughs> right. this is a house cat not an apartment cat so it doesn't know not to go out the windows this just wasn't you know predictable right and I don't know don't cats have a sense of like what they can Yeah, you would think. Or did the cat commit suicide? I was about to say that. <laughs> didn't want to hang out with Marshall. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's, that, that can't be. But <laughs> There was a show called Spin City. It starred Michael J. Fox. Mm-hmm. And one of the characters had a dog that was supposed to be like 25 years old or something. <laughs> and everyone who was dog sitting for him was like, your dog keeps trying to commit suicide. <laughs> I... I had a friend who came, moved away and came back to visit once and was telling this, like, really sad story about what happened to their dog. And the dog essentially, like, jumped off a roof and committed suicide. And just... I was with Elena. <laughs> and we just could not stop laughing. It was just the Oh, my worst. God. It <laughs> You're laughing in front of the person that was telling you the story? I, I don't remember why. Like, I don't remember if the story was supposed to be sort of humorous, but just the idea of this dog committing suicide instead of wanting to be your pet like, really hit us in a funny way. Right before we started podcasting, we heard crying from Tyler's room. Oh, little muffin. And I, I didn't want Jen to go up because I knew if she went up, it would take 30 minutes for her to come down, no matter what it was. <laughs> and she had to finish something up with the podcast prep. So I went up, and Tyler, if he gets a balloon, and the balloon, like, <laughs> sticks around for a while, the balloon sort of becomes a family member. The balloon gets a name. There was balloony. It stays in his bed. And the last the, one was from animals. Halloween, and it was Boo Looney. <laughs> and so I guess he leaned on it too hard tonight and popped it, and To be fair, crying. Boo Looney did not have much air left in him. No, he, yeah. He was, was on his way out. It was pretty small. Um, but he just he, sobbed. He, he personifies these things. We already talked about how he did it with the the refrigerator that we had replaced. He cried as the old refrigerator 
went out. Oh, he was with me when I traded my car in this weekend and sobbed because he didn't want to get rid of the blue car. Yeah. So, so. doesn't care about animals, but assigns these personalities He'd to probably not. be sad if Roxy died. Uh, hard to say. I mean, the last time we had a pet death, he was a little too small to really care. Dog funeral. No. Dog funeral. I cried a lot when Savannah died. All right. All right, this went way off track. <laughs> Lily, you know, continues to hammer Marshall about the videos. Marshall's retort is that she brought up a trip way too early. Like <laughs> how he gets up and storms away. It's a rookie mistake, and you're better than that. <laughs> She comes back at him about the egg timer and says, you know, she, he that only That was his gave only job. Yeah, one thing. He counters that that wasn't the one thing he had to do. There was also the cheese. And the cheese did not arrange itself in a perfect semicircle around not three, not four, but five different <laughs> kinds of sturdy cheese-bearing crackers. You're a sturdy cheese-bearing cracker. <laughs> that was a good line. And he, like, recoils. Like, yeah, he puts his hand insult. to his mouth and he whimpers audibly. <laughs> I feel like we have used this line yes, we quite have. a bit, too. Yeah, there's a, we get a lot from this episode. <laughs> so Lily and Marshall haven't been around the bar. Ted's getting a little concerned about this. Barney's not trying to listen to this and tries to change the subject to... He's deflecting. Back. Yeah, to Ted's sexless innkeeper status. He wants to know who's working the front desk at the inn. He wants to know if he's going to be cheap and only change the linens upon request. Um... Robin starts to agree with Ted and says that all that sexlessness has made you wise. <laughs> I feel like we also use that line. Yeah, I, that's gotta, they've got to be referring to Seinfeld there. Oh, maybe. I didn't think of that. Barney comments on mints on the pillow yeah. and don't well, touch Ted, for Wi-Fi. <laughs> Ted tries to leave, and as he's leaving, Barney like screams down the bar. <laughs> don't charge for Wi-Fi. Seems creepy. And Ted's just so <laughs> mad on the way out. Well, Robin and Barney kind of give in and go over to say they're sorry. And as they get there, Lily and Marshall are have have a couple over named Pi and Shay. Yes. And Marshall's telling his Belgian <laughs> waffle story. Yeah, he nailed it. Sammy Hart Hagar. And they're just cracking up. And apparently... Um, Pi is Pi the guy? That's I can't my, remember anymore. That's my thought. He's really enjoying the Gouda. <laughs> so Lily kind of shuffles them out, like, oh, it's not a good time, we'll call you. But she takes the wine they brought. <laughs> oh, I didn't notice that. <laughs> Next scene's at McLaren's. Robin and Barney are sitting at a booth. Marshall and Lily approach. And it's quite clear Marshall and Lily are approaching, just kind of rub in that they've made new friends. Yeah. They don't, they don't outright say it, but that's the theme here. Right. So, yeah, they have... They're invited to sit down. And they can't. They're here with Pi and Shay. And they've, Robin says they haven't seen them all week. Barney suggests maybe the, the six of them can hang out, including <laughs> Pi and Shay. And <laughs> it might be weird. Lying. We're kind of on a double date. I wouldn't want you to feel like fifth and sixth wheel. <laughs> so rude. <laughs> Barney wants to know, like, who the hell are these people? I guess they just moved from Hawaii. Pie's a total foodie. Shay's, well... We never get clarification on what Shay is. Shay's... I think she's just Shay. She's just (laughs) Shay. So they're just going to grab a beer and then go for a boat ride around the city. Sounds serious. 
and Lily thinks they might be the two. Hmm. Robin and Barney don't think they need them anyways, and then we cut into uh, the music of All By Myself, except for the lyrics say All By Ourselves. <laughs> and it's a montage of them walking down the street, seeing couple dates everywhere. They see a foursome on a bike. They end up going to dinner, and the hostess says, just the two of you? Which is a callback to brunch. Right. Just you? Just you? I'm surprised <laughs> they didn't do brunch, because they could have pulled that off with brunch, and I think it would have right. been a better callback. Yeah, that's true. So they're eating ice cream in bed, and then it switches to them on the couch just eating junk this, food. This, this episode moves very fast. Mm-hmm. Like, there's no wasted scene here. Right. So Barney wants to know if they should call the weird couple down the hall. With the ferrets. <laughs> Maybe they want to come over and play Taboo. I like this. We can't Taboo-y call them. It's past midnight. <laughs> Ted walks in, sees Barney wearing sweatpants, questions it. I there love Bonnie. Bar- yeah, I love Barney's line here. <laughs> like as he's shoving his face, maybe, but there are Bonnie. Like still all haughty. Ted convinces them that couples need other couples, and that's why they miss Marshall and Lily. We cut to Marshall and Lily's. They're playing Twister. That's kind of a weird thing to play with another couple. Yeah, unless you're real close friends, or maybe that's or, weirder. Or, you know, this is, you know, Unless you're all set up to a swinging. Right. Yeah, if it's a, if it's a swinging situation. <laughs> yeah, then it's just fine. If you're just platonic couple friends, it's a little awkward. They seem to be having a really good time, but there's a knock on the door. When Lily opens it, there's an egg timer ticking on the ground. And all of a sudden, like, this Spanish guitar starts playing in the background. And they follow, <laughs> her and Marshall follow this trail of egg timers that... You know, as each one goes off, they hear the next one dinging until they open the front door of their building. It's pouring rain outside, and there's Barney and Robin. They both they both at the same time say ding, ding. and they're holding an egg timer. It's for charades, and this is their way of trying to reconcile. Right, and so we get like a very cliched, dramatic, yeah, like uh, somebody getting back together. Yeah, how do you, we know you won't hurt us again? You don't. Marshall points out they have two very nice people in the apartment who are perfect for us. Barney wants to know why, then why are you out here? And Lily has a great line. <laughs> Damn it. Why is there something so attractive about a bad boy and girl? Yeah, I like to pause. <laughs> and Marshall thinks he can cha- they can change them. Right. And then it's they all cliche. hug. Barney says that they'll never sleep on the Gouda again. So do they just... Ditch pie and shave going forward. I mean, it's, this right. is kind of rude. Right. Like, okay, we well, can't have more than one couple friend. Again, it reminds me of Seinfeld where um, someone's trying to become friends with Seinfeld. And he's like, look, I only have three <laughs> friends and that's really all I can, I can handle. <laughs> right. Hey, I relate to that very hard. The very last scene is Barney coming out of Robin's bedroom. Ted's already out there and he has a poem for Barney because, Barney, I got a little poem for you. You want to hear it? Not really. And then he goes right into it, just like Barney <laughs> did. Um, I'll start it off because I like the beginning. Mm-hmm. Twas the night before this one. I had hours <laughs> to kill. I sat in the tavern grating parchments with Quill. Barney questions this with Quill. Uh, it's a poem. <laughs> so a nice callback to yeah. Barney earlier. Uh, basically, he met a girl at the bar. She's kind of hot. She likes that he's a, a professor. She likes tweed. Yeah, and he says, With haste we did scamper to my chamber anon. 
We fell to the couch, and bro, it was on. <laughs> like how it switches back to modern vernacular there. Right. And thus ends the tale of the sexless innkeeper. Barney just thinks he's making it up, and then we see the woman in the doorway asking the professor if he's coming back to bed. I want to see the uncut version where we actually get to see her on, see him unlace her bodice. <laughs> I mean, her boobs were really Yeah, big. she had a bountiful bosom. Mm-hmm. And Ted, as he's walking back towards his bedroom, just says, God, I love being single. And that's got to be intentional, just a neg bark. Oh, yeah. Right? Okay. Of course. <laughs> and then Robin comes out, asks if he's ready for brunch with Lily and Marshall. <laughs> Barty starts to question what he's done. All right. Where do you think I rank this? Oh, let's see. I'm going to aim real high, and I'm going to say six. Not quite. We're at 14. Hmm. I think we already... Did, did we ever get a favorite joke from you? No. Nope. Did you ever pick? Um, let's You said see. your least favorite, but not your favorite. Right. Shoot. Um, okay. So I'm going to cheat and do two. Okay. Because one is a song. <laughs> so right. the whole cat sitting and cat funeral bit I really, really like, but I also like the insult of you're a sturdy, you're a sturdy cheese-bearing cracker. <laughs> Alright, good picks. I didn't cut them in this time. I think I'm, I'm going to try and find the song and put it at the end. <laughs> nice. Or one of the songs, at least. But I, when I listen back to the things we cut in, I'm just not, the audio just doesn't come out very well, so I'm, okay. I'm, until I find a better way to do it, I'm, I'm just going to discontinue that. Did you say what your favorite joke was? Yeah, I said it was the parents really want to meet you. Oh, that's line. right. And then did you pick your least? I did. I said it was the line about it was when Ted was talking to the girl at the bar and saying that he does a shot every time. Oh, yeah, yeah. Sorry. There's it's been a, a really long hour. day, apparently. I can't remember things that happened 20 minutes ago. That's fine. Why don't you read a delightful email from Danielle? Danielle, we're so happy you're alive and back. We miss you. So Danielle writes, Hey guys, I got sick, not COVID. Hooray for that. Right after school ended, but I'm happy to be talking to you again. Lily and Marshall were totally me. I like them best when they're being dorky together. I love this episode more than I thought I would, likely because that's something I would look forward to also. I know that's not always going to be the case, but it's nice having someone who matches your corniness or likes that about you. Poor Ted, but huge risk on the girls' part, especially in New York. Hope you missed the New York slander. The best joke would have to be Lily crying and talking about all the trips they were going to take. The worst joke would have to be both couples in the rain because it reminded me of terrible rom-coms. Love ya. Yeah, we, I like that last part. We love you too, Danielle. I'm glad you're feeling better and back in business. Yeah, for a little while we thought you switched over to Pie and Shay's podcast. <laughs> <laughs> they always come back in the end. What is it about bad boy and girl, and girl. podcasters? <laughs> Okay, we got a new contributor. Goes by Boston Kennedy. Mm, that might be their actual name. I don't think anyone's named Boston Kennedy. Have you met people from Boston? Yes, my brother went to went to school in Boston. No, not Tufts. You mean outside Boston? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> okay, Boston writes. Hello, a quick story for context of my fandom for this show. It was 2008, and it was my first year that my parents actually let me go to camp. It was a three-hour bus ride, and my friend busted out his laptop and put on How I Met Your Mother. 
I'd only seen promos up until that point. This was my first time watching full episodes of the show. I instantly was obsessed and have been ever since. Even as a 12-year-old, even as a 12-year-old, Barney was always my favorite and still is as an adult. The depth of this sitcom character is truly impressive. I found your podcast about five months ago and started from episode one. I started watching episodes before the podcast once I got to season two. Though I disagree with things you say from time to time, the podcast has such a chill and friendly vibe about it, quite relaxing before you go to sleep. Our dog agrees with you, Boston. (laughs) Yes, can you hear her snoring right now? P.S. How amazing was 2005 TV? How I Met Your Mother, Always Sunny in Philadelphia, Desperate Housewives, and Entourage were just starting to blow up. Also, oh God, please take me back. Yeah, that, that's a good time. 30 Rock was on then as well, I believe. I don't think 30 Rock started till a little bit later. Oh, okay. I think they might have been 2007, but around that same time frame. But yeah, that was a great era of TV. Jen and I watched like the first seven seasons of... Or no, I watched the first seven seasons of How Always Sunny in Philadelphia. I think you got through the first three or four, and then... I don't even know if I watched that many. Maybe, like, the first two? The early stuff was amazing. I, it, it started to get to the point where it just started to become painful for me to watch. Like, these people... <laughs> <coughs> too ridiculous. I love Desperate Housewives. Yeah, I never watched Desperate Housewives. I re-watch Entourage all the time, and um, if you didn't already know this, there's a podcast called Victory... And it's done by Doug Ellen, Doug Ellen uh, Kevin Connolly, and Kevin Dillon. And they have a lot of guests, like, you know, the obvious ones. Jeremy Piven and um, what's his name? Jerry, what's his name, who played Turtles on it, uh, on it some, with somewhat frequency. Uh, they had Scott Kahn. They have a lot of people that were always... Uh, they have a lot of people that were once on it, and then a lot of the women as well. Manuel Shriek is on it a few times. And they talk a lot about how, you know, it hasn't aged perfectly, but the way they wrote it is how people were talking at the time. And they're talking about doing a reboot. So if you're not already listening oh, really? to that, listen to it. It's actually a very good podcast. Like a reboot or a sequel? I think a sequel. Oh, okay. Yeah, thanks for writing in. I'm glad you enjoy the podcast. Nobody's ever going to agree with everything we say. So and if okay. there's things you disagree with, write in. We'd love to, to talk about it. Yeah. As you can tell, we we have thick skin. We don't freak have freakouts. We're not gonna. <laughs> We're not gonna smash, smash the hammer with a hammer. Not gonna smash the microphone with a hammer. <laughs> no, we we encourage conversation and discourse. All right, what's up next? I guess while you're looking, I had read. I think I think it was on Twitter. I saw from Josh Radner like a really nice tribute to Bob Saget that kind of talked about how encouraging he was to Josh when he was, like, just starting out and he felt, like, unprepared, like he didn't know what he was doing, that, like, Bob Saget was just very reassuring and encouraging and that they, like, actually remained pretty good, like, good friends up until his death. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, it was really sweet. I re-listened to, well, not re-listened to, I listened to a podcast put up by Mark Marin on his regular uh, What the Fuck podcast. And he replayed his three interviews with Bob Saget oh, wow. that, that have occurred over the last 15 years. And Bob Saget's really funny, just yeah. naturally. Hmm. Just his, his conversational humor is really good. Okay. There's a good riffs between him and Mark Maron. Maybe I'll check that out. So the next episode's dual citizenship. Uh, 
I'm really not looking forward to that one nearly as much. Yeah, I, I mean, it's not going to compare to this one. Robin decides to become an American citizen. Oh, actually, the the part with Ted and Marshall's road trip is oh, really good. Yeah, that is a good one. With tantrum. <laughs> tantrum! <laughs> I have to pee. <laughs> and the book on tape, Kenny Rogers, <laughs> narrated book on tape. Right. That'll be good. <laughs> so half of it's really good. Yeah. Jen, why don't you go ahead and sign us off? All right. Everybody, you can find us at runklerecaps.com. Please write to us at runklerecaps at gmail.com. I am very interested to know if you are watching How I Met Your Father, like you know, your impressions of it. Um, like we said earlier, we haven't watched it yet, so we're going in kind of cold. We haven't read any reviews or articles or anything yet. So I am interested, though, to hear what... Our listeners think of the show, too. Um, you can find us on Twitter at Runkle Recaps and Instagram underscore how I met your podcast underscore. Or just write to us with parchment and quill. <laughs> That's also a good option. Be well, everyone. Thank you. Remember when Lily told that story about the DMV? They're not very efficient there, which is why it was funny. Then we played charades. Lily made some creme brulee, and now that we're best couple friends, there's only one thing left to say. Are you free? Are you free? Are you free? Are you free? Are you free next Saturday? That's the seventeenth. Are you free? Are you free? Are you free? Are you free? Are you free next Saturday? We're thinking like seven thirty for eight. Free? Are you free? Please be free. Say you're free. Are you free next Saturday? Are you free? Bring some wine and a sense of adventure. Any food allergies we should be aware of? Responded to my Evite, did you get it? Let's make a day of it, maybe picnic, then hike. There's only one thing left to say. Are you free? Are you free? Are you free? Are you free? Are you free next Saturday? We got some great peaches in the farmer's market. Are you free? Are you free? Are you free? Are you free next Saturday? Found a new risotto recipe. Free, are you free? Please be free. Say you're free. Are you free next Saturday? Are you free? Friday or Sunday would also work. Or basically any other day. <laughs>